1: now oh. there are three. Oh it's 507. Good morning. Treyware, KTSA. Treywear page. KTSA.com. KTSA.com. Check it all out. And uh, so now, yeah, there are three that are vying for the city council spot that is being held currently by Clayton Perry. And he could stay he has not resigned, he has not stepped aside or anything. These are just temporary temporary that are gonna fill in them. So, uh, one is Mike Gallagher, who had that spot from 2014 to 2017, and then Pauline Rubio and Joe Garcia. There were 18 in in all, and yesterday the city council whittled them down to three, and then they're going to interview them, I understand, this morning, and then uh, make that decision today. If they get, I believe it's 10 on city council to go for one of the people, then they'll be put in right away. If there's only eight votes, the appointee will be sworn in immediately. Or uh, if the replacement receives six or seven votes, they'll be sworn in December 12th. So either today or December 12th, you're going to have somebody over there in uh, in District 10. Now, as I said, Mike Gallagher, uh, retired U.S. Air Force, already had that position at once. Uh, Rubio is, uh, as far as the mayor is concerned, you know, the mayor is is honoring a communist with a street named after her. So it'll be interesting to see, but I think that uh, the mayor will probably vote for Rubio. Democrat Party precinct chair, former, worked in 2010 as a district representative and executive assistant for Ciro Rodriguez, who was a far-left Democrat. And she told city council yesterday, I believe this is a unique opportunity for this city council to connect the district district with the benefit of leadership from a person who identifies with other demographics than the one usually held in this office. In other words, usually District 10 has been conservative. But now you're talking about a liberal Democrat? How you guys in District 10 feel about that? They're probably going to put that liberal Democrat on there, and then they'll just be all liberal Democrat wackos up on the city council. Does it matter anymore? Two one zero five nine nine fifty five fifty five two one zero five nine nine fifty five fifty five. You just heard Cap Morgan talk about homicides and and crime being up in uh, in San Antonio twelve percent. Who couldn't see this coming? A couple of years ago, when the mayor appeared at the Black Lives Matter, uh, Matters uh, anti cop rally and said, "It's my GD city. We don't want the police around here." Pharaoh now works for me pharaoh now works for him that that was that rabble rouser that pharaoh guy uh, yeah he's just a fame hog and he you know the mayor hugs him come with me you're coming to city council you work for me now this is my gd city and we don't want the cops around here no more that that's what that rally was about all standing there without masks while appearing on television every night at 6 13 put your mask on <laughs> they didn't have a mask on and none of them had a mask on down there including the mayor but anyway i said then when that happened i said watch watch crime in san antonio skyrocket because the mayor doesn't support being tough on crime nor does the da so when you got a mayor who doesn't support the police department and being tough on crime you got a da who doesn't support being tough on crime this is what you get you get a rise in crime the chief is is swatting flies the chief and the department, they're working their butts off. But when the mayor doesn't support them, and when the DA says, no, we're not going to prosecute these guys, this is what you get. You get a rise in crime. And most of you know this already, because most of you have moved out of San Antonio to save your lives and the lives of your kids. Spike in thefts and other property crimes, compared to the same period last year, 67% jump in homicides. 67% jump in murders property crime especially thefts way up etc 84 more homicides in the same 10-month time frame in 2021 lots of gang activity and drug activity in san antonio and i got a breakdown of all that stuff here as well 210 599 599 so the light gov dan patrick has come out with his plans for the next legislative session which begins january 10th do you believe we're almost there i mean you just blink and we'll be at january 10 and time for the next legislative session out of boston and he's talking a lot about property tax relief and we must have that here in the state of texas improving the reliability of the electric grid and spending money on border security funding etc but the big deal he's talking about is the whole property tax relief, and we have to have that. We just absolutely have to have that. Here's what I think, um, and and Elaine, let's let's go ahead and get Dan Patrick on the show. What I think they ought to do, and you tell me if you think I'm a nut job, but what I think they ought to do is use the Tenth Amendment and take control of the state of Texas and ignore Washington, D.C., and drill, baby, drill, baby, drill, baby, drill, and sell our own oil. Um, sell it to Saudi Arabia. Sell it to, I don't care. I don't care who you sell it to. I, I don't care. Sell it to the European Union. Uh, I don't care. Uh, sell our own oil out of the state of Texas, but drill, baby, drill. and And, and really, the Tenth Amendment is what it's all about. The Tenth Amendment has been under assault by the federal government since the beginning of this country. The battle about America has been a, a battle between centralizing government in Washington, D.C., and in the states. We're supposed to be a loose federation, a republic of states, with a very small, insignificant, not even noteworthy federal government. It's not supposed to be what it is now. It's a behemoth, and it's not supposed to be that. And so I believe that, in order for us to have property tax relief, drill, baby drill, baby drill, baby drill and sell our oil and rebate that back to the to the citizens, the property owners in Texas. A la Alaska. Okay? Just like they do in Alaska. Where the all the oil that they sell in the pipelines out of Alaska, the people in Alaska are the ones who benefit from that. They benefit from that with a an increase in their own economy, and they benefit with an increase that comes back to them in the form of tax relief. And we should do that here in the state of Texas. We should say to Washington, we're not playing your game anymore. And we have two main legislative priorities. We're going to drill, baby, drill, and we're going to sell our oil and gas that's under our feet, under our butts, and I don't care what Washington says. Washington can go to hell. This is what we're going to do. And we're also going to seal up the border. We're going to make Texas as prosperous as Texas can possibly be by drilling oil and gas. We're going to have the, the people of Texas be free and live free. And we're going to seal up the southern border. You're not coming in. You're not going to come into Texas. And, uh, and Washington, we really don't care what you say. Tenth Amendment, Tenth Amendment, Tenth Amendment, Tenth Amendment. And you know what the Tenth Amendment says, The 10th Amendment is very clear. The only power Washington, D.C. gets to have is that which we say they can have, not the other way around. The only power they get to have is that which we, as a state, gives to them. Let's take that power back and let's drill and let's seal up the border. What do you think? Daniel, you're on KTSA with Trey. Good morning.
0: Good morning, Trey. Amen,
1: brother. I believe in everything you say there, as far as the drilling and the taxes and everything. But I've got one question that's been puzzling me, and I'm not smart enough to really understand. But Trump had his energy independent. He had holes in the ground pulling oil out. What happened to all those holes that he was he had drilled? Did they just turn them off as a switch, or they go dry? Yeah, I can tell you what happened to a lot of them. Um, the the regulations that this administration put on top of them. Uh, has have made it absolutely not even worth working anymore, or pumping anymore. This administration, the Biden administration, he said it during the campaign, Daniel, before he was ever elected. He said he's going to kill the oil and gas business in the country, and every decision that he has made since has been aimed at doing exactly that. And that's what he's been doing. Um, in fact, they just announced a whole new slew of regulations which we talked about yesterday, and I'm going to talk about it some more this morning, a whole new slew of regulations on the oil and gas business. So uh, I I broke this down. I've broken it down uh, many times, but when they say, like John Kirby said two days ago, that, no, there's 9,000 leases out there for people to drill on, that's simply not true. There are 9,000 available leases, but with all the regulation, with the ESG scores that they put on these companies – with the fact that they have said we're going to kill the business, it's not going to exist anymore, so you can't get any investors. If, if you're in an industry that the federal government has said they're going to destroy, so try to walk into an investor, somebody with billions of dollars to, to invest, and say to them, invest in this business that the federal government has said they're going to destroy. You can't get any investors. It takes years, and I know what I'm talking about. Our family has some, oil leases. It takes years, years and years to develop it and get it to the market and start to realize a profit. So you have to go get these guys with billions of dollars. They have to invest, and then they have to be willing to sit there for a long time and not make a profit before they start turning a profit. Well, nobody's going to invest when Joe Biden and this stinking government in dc has said we're going to kill that industry why would you invest in an industry that's going to be gone soon you lose all of your investment that's just stupid you might as well set your money on fire and watch it burn so between all that and everything else that he has done shutting down the pipelines and all those kinds of things and remember it was just earlier this month right when we were battling over the midterms when he said there is no more drilling I have not allowed any more drilling. There will be no more drilling in this country. He yelled that. Joe Biden yelled it. So, yeah, uh, a lot of that stuff has just been crap can, and now we're sitting here, and I I think that Texas needs to reclaim, as they're talking about January 10th, Texas needs to reclaim its sovereignty and say to the federal government, nope, uh uh-uh, the Tenth Amendment means what it says. We are going to drill in texas we are going to sell our own oil and gas in texas and we are going to seal up the border to stop the crime problem here in texas and we don't really care what you guys in washington dc have to say about it i don't really care in fact what we're going to do here in texas in order to give property tax relief is we're going to stop sending federal taxes to dc we're going to become an independent state what do you think 210-599-5555, 210 599 We lost a great one yesterday. That's coming up next. Trey Ware, KTSA. I get to take a second right now. impact on my musical formation years and uh she had i think the, the biggest impact on that album yeah. uh, because that was an album that came out of her breakup with john right and uh, we're talking about christine mcvee who passed away yesterday at 79 didn't even know she was ill and i told you earlier she was the last one of the that group that i thought was going to to go right because the way the others had lived you know stevie lived a very very hard life and and has uh, you know been open about her cocaine abuse and everything else the, you know over the years. And uh, John had cancer, and Lindsey had heart problems. Uh, didn't did, didn't Mick have a heart problem too? I'm not sure. Yeah. Anyway, I, I, I'm not sure either. But uh, you know that that's a band that was so significant to the people in our age group, uh, particularly with the Rumours album. But throughout yeah. the years, right? right? In yeah. fact, even today, kids. I, I, we were talking about this yesterday. Elton John was so successful on this Goodbye tour. Because the music today is so homogenized and the same sounds the same, same meter, same timing, right? Uh, same notes in, in the music today that kids like my grandchildren, they're digging like Fleetwood Mac and Elton John and people mm-hmm. like that because it was you know unique. In fact, Jimmy, do you have everywhere? Did you find it? Um, this one. Let's go ahead and roll a little bit of it. It's being used. <laughs> it, they, it's being used in current uh, television commercials for one car company, and I don't remember yeah, electric who it is. car. I don't electric it. car, right? <laughs> yeah. But everybody knows this song, right? And there's young people in that commercial that are singing this song. Yeah. yeah. Right. And this is, of course, Christine. Yeah. Christine McBig. Beautiful your, voice. Yeah.
0: Can you hear me calling? You know that I'm falling and I don't know what to say.
1: Love this record. So, I just love it. that
0: good
1: I wanna be with you everywhere. Oh, uh, so let's just talk about it she uh she married john mcvee in 69 and she came into fleetwood mac in 70 and she co-wrote most of the songs in fact on the greatest hits which came out in 1988 when they went into the uh, rock and roll hall of fame years later and so you've got don't stop Right. Which, you know, the Clintons use that on their whole yeah. thing. You make love and fun. Over my head. Little eyes. This one. Songbird. You know, it, it just goes on and on and on. Um, everybody, when they looked at that, that's good, Jimmy. Everybody, when they looked at this band, they looked at Stevie Nicks because she was out front. Right. Uh, but I got to tell you, without that sound from Christine, it's not Fleetwood Mac. And I was telling you earlier this morning that uh, a couple of years ago, she took. Uh, some time off and didn't travel with them. Mm-hmm. It didn't sound like Fleetwood Mac without her back there.
0: It just no. didn't. So how, how do you how do you find somebody else who sounds like that? You don't. And you don't. It's very well, unique.
1: We, uh, they are they are a band that without any of them, like right now, you know, mm-hmm. uh, Stevie got Lindsey fired because of their you know whatever, yeah. and uh, it's just not Fleetwood Mac without Lindsey uh, Buckingham. It's mm-hmm. Just not. Right. And it'll never be Fleetwood Mac without. Christine,
0: no, so not going to happen. It's a big loss. It is. I was. I told you. I was uh, in line at H E B yesterday afternoon. Yeah, and uh, when the notification came up on my phone, and the first thing I thought of was uh, the opening line to "You Make Love and Fun." Yeah. sweet, wonderful you, <laughs> and just the way she draws out "sweet." <laughs> It makes the hair on your arm stand. It well. really does. You fall in love with her <laughs> when you hear her say "sweet, wonderful you." I'm like, I love. Well, her. Well, and in fact, she is beautiful. That song
1: right there with uh, "Everywhere" that that made yeah. me fall in love with her. Yeah, it's like, oh, I she was. I, I didn't appreciate the work that she did. Right. You know until that, and I yeah, said, I mean, my it, God, listen to that.
0: That was the big comeback album from them in '87. Huge Tango in the Night. Uh, was
1: Gypsy? No, Gypsy, Gypsy was. was that. on was on. Was uh, on. U- Gypsy was before that. Yeah, it was eighty two.
0: Yeah, but, but that uh, that album came out, and um, she was a real strong presence. on it. Yeah, it was everywhere. Uh, little lies, little lies was man. a huge one for her, and
1: and and she was willing to because she was so close with Stevie. She was willing to back up and let Stevie kind of have that lead cuz when stevie yeah. does that riff on tell me lies tell me sweet little yeah. lies i don't yeah. I, I can't do it this time of the morning i can't sing it right now but anyway i just you know it's 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 a it's one of those things that when you're in our generation it's a wake up call you wake yeah. up and go dang yeah. no really well,
0: so. often with people like her she her voice is is just as familiar to you as anybody in your family yeah because it's always there mm-hmm. and you can call it up anytime and listen to her so, right huge loss just beautiful music we'll always have the music from, yep. from here on out she left some amazing gifts for us to did you even her. know she was sick i had no idea me neither no idea i didn't know she was 79 years old yeah i, I had no clue but to, yeah. in, you know, to me she's just timeless well you know, and, and the other thing about her
1: and i mentioned this to you earlier she was the calm-headed one, and remained friends with all of them. That's a that's a def- dysfunctional mm. group. If I ever saw one, right? You know what I mean. And a lot of these creative groups are that way. That's they don't st- work. That's right. You know? Steven Tyler, Aerosmith. It's him and Joe Perry. They fight all the time, punch each other, and all that crap. It's know? very difficult to be in a band. It is tough. Yeah, yeah. been there. I know. <laughs> yeah. You're telling you telling Noah about the yeah. flood. No, I'm telling the listeners too. <laughs> you know. But it's really hard to be around each other that much. It's man, um, and you did it. Yeah. You, you did it for years, you know, and so yeah, it's really, really hard to do that. And so it's you know, she was able to hold them together as best she could, and uh, been the she was the level-headed force behind them. She stayed friends with all of them right. when Lindsey and and Stevie were fighting, and when when Mick was being with Stevie, <laughs> doing whatever he was she doing was, to she her, was
0: divorcing the bass player. It yes. was all a big
1: soap opera. Yeah, but that all took that was that was that was before uh, you know early seventies. And she, put all that, she and John put all that behind him, and they moved on. Right. And John just stood in the background and went thump, 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 and she stood over and played the piano. Yeah. Just beautiful. So. Yeah. 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 All right, uh, quick break. When we come back, an extinction activist sounds off, and Joe Biden makes a statement about his presidency. Wait until you hear what Big Joe said about his presidency yesterday. That's coming up. Trey Ware, KTSA. You can almost taste it, and it's so k t s a f KTSA FM 1071, the Trayware page, KTSA.com, and on the phones at 210 599 That's 210 599 Is Joe Biden the greatest president in U.S. history? He says he is. He was giving a speech yesterday in which, by the way, he said he's afraid that his wife Jill is going to leave him for an Indian reservation. <laughs> every time i turn around she goes to an indian reservation and she comes back talking like the indians do and i I'm she, i think she uh one of these days she's not going to come back no joke not a lie okay joe and he said no one's ever done as much as president period no one has ever done as much as president period declaring himself the greatest president in u.s history what do you think about that? 210 599 Can I tell you something about that? First of all, he's nut, okay? He's certifiably crazy. But second of all, as far as the whack job radicals on the left, he is. <laughs> think about what he's accomplished for them just about killed the oil and gas business in America. Going after it as hard as he can. Says he's going to kill it. Putting his hamstring with regulation after regulation. Preventing investment in oil and gas. Says he's shutting down all drilling. Bit by bit. Well, that's a that is a left wing nut job. Love that. He's completely opened the border. Totally and completely so that we have thousands upon thousands just flowing into the country every day. Five million have flowed into the country since he became president alone. And uh, when Title 42 gets away or goes away, which they fought to get rid of, when it goes away, you're going to have 550,000 per month that are going to flow across the border into the United States. That's a left-wing, whack-job, radical left-wing uh, dream. A total dream Uh, this whole thing about increasing taxes going out and hiring more uh, IRS agents to come and harass people that's that's a dream of Democrats they love that kind of stuff spending the amount of money that this guy is spending just throwing money everywhere that's a dream of the left-wingers of the Democrats so as far as the left wing is concerned, as far as the anti-American forces in America are concerned, as far as the radicals in this country are concerned, he probably is the greatest president that's ever lived. Now, as far as America is concerned, he's the most destructive president we've ever had. That, bar none, without question, the most destructive president that has ever, ever lived is Joe Biden. He has done more to destroy this country in two years, and in two more years, he'll just about have the job done. In two more years, when we have an additional 20 million or so illegal aliens living on the streets of America, when there is no more oil and gas business in America, when it's all done, uh, when inflation continues to... Well, actually, inflation is going to end up crashing the economy here in the next year or so, but when that happens... And they flip us over to digital currency, and you don't have money in your bank account anymore. It's digital currency. When all that happens, which is the way they're going, that is the destruction of our country. But for the left wing, that, for Democrats and the left wing, that's what they have been working for for decades. It's a dream. He, He's a dream come true for them. And so... When he says, I'm the greatest president, nobody's ever done this, nobody's been able to do this like I have. Well, he's he's right as far as his people are concerned, not as far as being a great caretaker of the United States. Bit by bit, piece by piece, he's tearing it down. To rebuild it with neo-Marxism, that is the plan, and that's what he's about. So on Dr. Phil this week, Voluntary Human Extinction Movement founder Les Knight Says it's time for the human race to go extinct. <laughs> Feed them, don't breed them. That's what he said. We're not taking care of the people who are already here. So the wherewithal not to procreate, it's a big problem on the planet, he says. 44% of young people say, no, I don't think I want to do that. I don't want to procreate. I don't want to breed. That's his favorite word, by the way, breed. It's not breeding, by the way. It's, it, it's joining with God and creating a life. If we all stop procreating, we'll go extinct slowly. We'll clean up our messes as we go. And the biosphere, what's left of it, will be able to recover if there's no more mankind on planet Earth. He said reproductive freedom is the most important thing that we need today. Reproductive freedom, which means being able to kill babies. He said, many don't have the contraceptive services, reproductive health services they need. Just try to get sterilized here in America when you haven't had kids. You're only 22. We're not allowing people to not breed, he said. And for his efforts in advocating for the extinction of the human race, last week he received an adoring profile in no less than the New York Times. Shock, right? In which the New York Times compared this this guy who is advocating for the extinction of the human race to Mr. Rogers, saying that he is tall and gentle. He comes across as clear eyed and thoughtful, like a mashup of Bill Nye and Fred Rogers. Yeah. Okay. Back in a minute, Trey Ware, KTSA.
0: Hi, it's Laura, Mrs. Electric. From-
1: It is five fifty one now. Two one zero five nine nine fifty five fifty five two one zero five nine nine fifty five fifty five. I just think that uh, Senator John Kennedy from over in Louisiana, I, he's got the greatest phrases and the greatest words when he appears on Fox News and all that stuff. He just makes me laugh. And he, you know what he is? He's just pure common sense. So yesterday he said that the administration's plan to implement new regulations on U.S. oil and gas, well. That's just a moronathon. <laughs> a moronathon saying that President Biden has embraced the woke berserk wing of the Democrat Party, the berserk wing. I'm gonna start calling him that. I'm gonna start calling him a moronathon. <laughs> You're watching a moronathon in America. It's great. He's just he's got the best words, man. I love how he uh how he just puts everything very plainly so we all can understand it. When he first started to appear on Fox News, I thought he was too slow, because he speaks really slowly and all that, and the hosts are trying to hurry him up and get to his point and all that stuff. But then he says stuff like that. You're watching a -a maranathon from the berserk wing of the Democrat Party. White House, by the way, laughed yesterday when Peter Ducey, the deuce, asked about Kevin McCarthy's invitation to Joe Biden to go to the southern border. Corrine Jean-Pierre just laughed (laughs) look he's been there he's been to the southern border that's what corinne said jean-pierre she said that that the, the president's been to the southern border when so uh he's not actually ever ever been to the southern border the closest he got he was on a campaign march when he was vice president in 2008 with barack obama And he was on a campaign stop, and he went through a town in New Mexico. And he wasn't going to the border. He was going to a campaign rally in New Mexico. But that's the closest that we ever have a record of Joe Biden ever being at the border. But i got to tell you something. When you're dystopian, and that's what this administration is all about, when they're doing what they're doing and telling lies until the lie becomes the truth. That's the old Goebbels thing from the Nazi era of the 1930s. You just keep saying it over and over again. And eventually the lie becomes the truth. And and it's true with, with Biden in his own life. He's got all this stuff in his head that he's been lying about, you know, going to South Africa and was arrested while I was trying to save Nelson Mandela and get him out of prison. And Corn Pop was a bad dude, and I whipped him with a chain. And I rode Amtrak a million times. All he say I drove 18 wheelers and flew airplanes. I played football. I was a big football star. I almost went to the NFL. All that stuff. Which we know is certifiably not true. But he believes it because he's told it to himself. That's what you call a pathological liar. He's told it to himself over and over again, and that lie has become the truth. Well, he's doing that to America, and now the newest... Lie is no, no, no. Peter, he's been to the southern border. So when Kevin McCarthy invites him to come to the southern border, the the question is really why should he go to the southern border? He's already been there. When in fact he's never been to the southern border. Over at Twitter, and by the way, for those of you who have written me to say you 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 know you're you're leery of Elon Musk, he's got a lot of ties for a long time. With uh, the left and the Democrats, I, I agree. Look, I- I'm leery of all of them, okay? When you hear me speak about Elon Musk as something that he does that I like, I'm just talking about that specific thing. I'm not doing a complete judge of his character or you know, stipulating to him uh, in toto. <laughs> but you know what's happening with Elon Musk? He is being shoved away by the berserk wing of the Democrat Party. And he's being shoved into the arms of conservatives. This is not the first time this has happened or the first person this has happened to. But the the Democrats in this country have become so radicalized that people like Elon Musk, who were once moderate Democrats, are now saying, I can't have anything to do with these people. They're just total nutjobs. And he's got the money, you know, where he can spend a lot of his time just triggering them, having fun with them, and playing with them. And that's, he does that like the thing yesterday with the old Diet Cokes and the gun on the nightstand. And, oh, my God, they all lost their collective minds. Well, the former Twitter safety chief known as Yoel Roth is now admitting that they did indeed censor the Hunter Biden laptop story. They did it. He doesn't work with Elon anymore. When Elon bought the company, he quit, I mean, uh, right away. He was going to get his butt canned anyway, all right? He is a, an avowed Trump-hating leftist. He's a rabid, rabid, rabid anti-Trumper, this Yoel Yo- Yo- uh, Roth. And he said, yeah, we censored the uh, infamous Hunter Biden laptop story. We sure did. And he, he's now claiming to say that that was a mistake. Well, don't believe him. All he's trying to do is save his own rear end. Only now, only now that Elon says he's going to release all the details about all that, is this guy now coming clean and saying, yeah, we did do it, and yeah, that was a mistake. wasn't a mistake. A mistake is something you do unintentionally. Whoops, that was a mistake. I screwed up. But when you do something intentionally, and there was every intentionality in the world in what they did with the Hunter Biden story and what they did to interfere in the 2020 elections over at Twitter. In fact, Elon Musk himself said it yesterday. He said, Twitter has indeed interfered in elections, and I'm going to fix it. Twitter 2.0 will be far more effective, transparent, and even-handed. And that's why you see people like Jim Carrey and the others have lost their minds about what's going on at Twitter, and I just laugh at it all. Back in a minute, Trey Ware, KTSA. America's Diamond offers our five-year, 60-month... High 10 in Foster Road, the entire building, and it's uh, one of those truck stops right there. I'm not sure which one it is, so I don't want to run off the rails and say... You know, try, try to speculate and guess which one because there's a couple of them there. Well, there's a bunch of them there on that I-10 stretch east of town between here and Seguin, right? But right there at I-10 and Foster Road, I think there's two or three that might be there on that corner. I'm trying to remember uh, how how many are there, but one of them is fully engulfed, and it's a monster fire. I haven't seen a fire like that in uh, probably decades around here. The entire building is is totally engulfed. And it is a monster of a fire. It's a hot fire. So if you're coming in on I-10, expect some delays in that area because people, first of all, are going to be looking, rubbernecking, and seeing what's going on over there. But watch for those emergency vehicles. They only have two trucks there now, and they're going to need a whole bunch more than that. So that's at I-10 and Foster Road on the east side of San Antonio between here and Seguin. If you're coming in on I-10 uh, from the Seguin area, get ready to deal with some uh, major delays. You already deal with delays because all the construction is going on there at 1604, but you've got more delays ahead of you right there as that gigantic fire is going on. If you've seen it yourself, if you've come in on I-10, give me a holler, uh, 210-599-5555, 210 599 Let me know what you see, what you saw if you're on that side of town. That's I-10 and Foster Road, that gigantic fire over there. 210-599-5555. Megafire going on. All right, so now it's down to three. The city council out of 18 who wanted to uh, fill in temporarily for Clayton Perry over in District 10, they're now down to three. And I know which one the mayor's going to vote for. So you got Mike Gallagher, who was actually the District 10 representative from 2014 to 2017, you got Pauline Rubio, Pauline Rubio, and I think that's probably who the mayor is going to vote for, and uh, Joe Garcia. Joe Garcia is a retired employee of AT&T and member of the Communications Workers of America. The reason I say the mayor, the mayor, I know who the mayor is going to vote for, because Pauline Rubio is a former Democrat Party precinct chair, <laughs> worked as a district representative and executive assistant to ciro rodriguez a far left-wing representative here and she said she told the council yesterday i believe it's a unique opportunity for this city council to connect the district with the benefit of leadership from a person who identifies with other demographics than the one usually held in this office the one usually held in the district 10 office is more of a conservative more of a conservative we always say, well, we never know who's, you know, their, their, their political affiliation, their party affiliation, or whatever. Oh, bull. <laughs> we do know their party affiliation. And so she's a former uh, head of the De- Democrat Party here, worked for Ciro Rodriguez. That's the one that the mayor's going to vote for. Why? Well, as I told you, when the whole Clayton Perry thing happened, the mayor ran as quick as he could to demand that Clayton Perry go away before he even knew facts and before he even knew anything about the story immediately it was Clayton's got to go away. Why? Because Clayton is his only opposition. The rest of them, well, they just go right along. They're a rubber stamp for the mayor. Whatever the mayor wants, he gets because he's got everybody on the city council so kowtowed to him. And so he wants one more. He wants a complete deal. And, uh, and she would give him the complete deal. I mean, the mayor is honoring, he's, he is honoring a communist that used to uh, be very active in San Antonio back in the 30s. And he's going to honor her by naming a street after her. I mean, that's that's who the mayor is. He's a far-left socialist radical. He's done a lot of radical things in San Antonio. Crime is up in San Antonio. So all the things that the radical left love, he's brought into San Antonio, San Frantonio. So why would he vote for a conservative? Why would he vote for somebody who is going to oppose him and not, you know, carry his water? He's going to vote for the person who's going to carry his water. And that's the Democrat who he intends to vote for 210-599-5555 all right melissa uh, tell me what you see with the fire out there it's very loud where you are go ahead
0: uh yes yeah, so i'm already i already left that area but it's the flying jay and the denny's off of foster
1: and i 10 that's what i thought i didn't want i did not want to say that until until we knew that but that fire t- describe that fire to us
0: uh, well, I saw it more than a mile away because I live uh, diagonal from Ragnar High School. So, of course, you, you know, I'm pretty sure they just, um, they shut off all the gases. And, um, but it, it, you can see it from more than two miles away. And then, of course, you get closer, then you see the black of smoke. So it's pretty, pretty bad. And um, I think you are right. There are two fire trucks right there, and they're starting... People started more coming in,
1: like more uh, police. Yeah, yeah. Oh, okay, thank you, Melissa. I'm looking at it right now. It is a major, major fire. Uh, I haven't seen a fire like that in a long time, and uh, she is confirming. I see the sign that says Flying J and Denny's, so uh, that kind of confirms what I was thinking earlier. I didn't want to say it, folks, because I, I want to be uh, – I, I take this very seriously, what I do, so I wanted to make sure I, I knew what I was talking about before I said – But I kind of figured it was probably the Flying J there. You think it's big enough for them to just let it go?
0: Oh, they don't have a choice at this point. It's it's a goner. Okay. They They have no choice. There's nothing really, not much left of it at this point. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, a huge fire. Right.
1: This is just a containment effort at this point. They've got the the ladders, the guys up in a crow's nest overhead, and they're pouring water from overhead just trying to contain. To make sure it doesn't spread, and I'm glad yeah. they got the gasoline and yeah. the diesel. Well,
0: there's a lot of businesses in that area as well. There are, as you mentioned, there are other uh, truck stops and gas stations there. And if you look in the back, you can see a line of uh, of semi trailers in the back Absolutely. that are being kept there. So they're probably trying to keep it from spreading to that as well. But that is right on the highway.
1: That is amazing, man. Have you seen a fire like that anytime recently? Uh, not. I not, can't not remember since I moved here. No. Ah, no. uh-uh. that's a uh, that's a big fire. And now you see. Well, look at that. There's stuff that's kind of flying out of the fire now. Yeah. So, uh, you know, I, I have no idea where their tanks are. Right. Uh, they're obviously in the ground, but I don't know where in the ground the tanks are.
0: But they've got those amazing suppression systems they do now that can prevent that from getting underground and, and getting into the gas lines there. But it, it doesn't... It looks like it started in the rear of the building, though, doesn't it? No. It's hard to tell, Don, because the whole building, the front. But, but you look in the front of the building, it's still, it's still there, but the back is gone.
1: But the flames were there already in the front. That's what I'm saying. I mean, it's hard to tell because the, the, you're right. I mean, the facade in the front is still there, but the flames were just flying out of those front windows in the front door right. a little while ago. Right. So it is 1800 North Foster Road. It is the Flying J and the Denny's, Flying J Travel Center. Start uh, started a little less than an hour ago. Lots of gas as well as propane tanks are there. At least thirty units are on the scene. The roof has totally collapsed and uh now they're just you know trying to contain it the best they can. Let's get to who's this on to? Hi there, it's Sam. Hi Sam. Are you out are you over there? No. All right. Well, what can you tell us? Well, I, I you know, I just want to talk, you know, politics okay well hold on just a couple of seconds <laughs> we're we're talking fire right now we'll try to talk some politics here in just a little while all right sam thank you 210 599 if you're in the area of foster road and i-10 and you see the fire over there tell us what you see give us kind of a report and if you're coming in on i-10 it is a huge mess over there right now it's definitely right on the highway it's that big flying J uh, truck stop the flying J and denny's there at i-10 and foster road on the east side of san antonio san antonio's crime rate is up nearly 12 percent and a 67 percent jump in homicides in san antonio who couldn't have predicted that in fact we did predict that here on this show back when the mayor during the pandemic took his mask off while telling you to wear your mask and went to the black lives matter anti-police rally and said i stand with these anti-policers And he said, Pharaoh, who is nothing but a fame hog, Pharaoh now works for me, and he took him to city council that day. And it was kind of interesting to me, the hypocrisy of the mayor, because he took his mask off around all those people standing in the middle of all, and this is my GD city. Remember that? And he has preached, since he became the mayor, he has preached about, you're going to get the city that you deserve, the city you deserve. And I have said from the beginning, guy's a socialist radical. He wants us to be San Frantonio. San, That's a word I, I coined, San Frantonio. And here we are today. Because of the anti-cop position that he's taken, because of the anti- um, lock them up position that the DA has taken soft on crime position the DA has taken and I know how the police feel because I talk to police I talk to the police and I know how they feel they're out there busting their butts every day hauling these guys in just to have them right back on the streets in 10 minutes and the mayor supports that the mayor thinks that's great for San Antonio do you The mayor said you're going to get the city you deserve, and the city you deserve now includes a lot of failing infrastructure around San Antonio, includes a lot of dirt, trash on the streets, and stuff like that, and it it also includes a spike in crime. Is that the city you deserve, San Antonio? The policies of this mayor, the policies of this city council, the policies of being soft on crime and anti-cop, this is what you get, a 67% jump in homicides in San Antonio. No wonder so many folks have hightailed it out of here and gone to Bernie and Dripping Springs and Floresville and Castroville and Hondo and have moved out of San Antonio and only commute to San Antonio to work possibly. So many people have been getting out of San Antonio outside of 410, outside of 1604 as quick as they possibly could to put their kids in better schools than what's in San Antonio and to escape the huge gang, drugs, and murder rate in this town that is skyrocketing over and over again. And again, we said it right here. I said it when the mayor appeared with those folks and said i support their movement all about defund the cops anti police when you got a soft on crime da in there who doesn't prosecute these folks this is what you get a spike in crime in san antonio becoming more and more unsafe every day it's not the police fault they're working it but they have no help none whatsoever they don't have a mayor who backs them and they don't have a they don't have a da who will prosecute these people and this is what you get is that the city you deserve? Are you getting the city you deserve with a spike in crime like that? 210-599-5555. The Tank Depot is here, and the Tank Depot has these great water storage tanks for you. It's just smart to have your own source of water. Whether you've got a huge piece of property and multi-acres that you've got to take care of, and you need water for those multi-acres, Or you're here in town or any other town, and you need, well, just water for your house, water for your own yard, water for your own landscaping. The Tank Depot has gigantic tanks for your ag business, and they also have the smaller tanks for right here. They even have backpack tanks you can wear on your back. it's You can fill up with water as well. You can rain harvest, so when you get a good rain shower, fills that tank up, and that's tax deductible, by the way. You can write that off on your taxes. But the bottom line is you're always going to have your own source of water. No more do you have to pay attention to when the municipality tells you you can or can't water. And if you ever have, we ever have another situation where there's a crisis and we got to have water, you don't have to be standing in line at the grocery store to buy that last case fighting over it because you'll have plenty of water. Just get in touch with our friends at the Tank Depot. And if you're interested, too, in selling these tanks, the Tank Depot wants to talk with you. About distributing these tanks with them. That's the Tank Depot in San Antonio, in Dripping Springs, and in Buta. The Tank Depot, 210 648 3866. Clouds and Sun today, 55. Same tomorrow, 74. 67 on Saturday. And right now it's 42 at KTSA.
0: Good morning and heads up on.
1: Hmm. Sure do love this song. Kick it, boys. We lost a good one yesterday. Christine McVie, the age of 79.
0: Can you hear me calling?
1: Good, beautiful, and and really, this song in particular transcends time. In that today, it's being used in car commercials, and young people are singing it.
0: Yeah, it's a thirty-five-year-old song. Yeah,
1: you know? it's just great. Um, her career began way back in the late nineteen-sixties with her husband John McVie. Right,
0: she was Christine Perfect back then. That's pretty oh, much yeah. it. Yeah,
1: and uh, did a lot of work with Bob Welch. Yep, and yeah, that's a name we haven't talked about in a long time, too. Yeah, right, right. And uh, went to Fleetwood Mac in late 1970, and so they say 71, but late 1970, and uh, was instrumental and huge with their, really their breakthrough work, which was Rumors. Right. And uh, that was based on a lot, it came out of a lot of the relationships she had with John, yep. the bass player of the band, and they divorced, only after a couple of years of marriage, and um, and, and and she wrote a lot of the stuff on Rumors from from that.
0: It's funny if you go back to the album that came out before Rumors, just two years earlier, it was all these love songs. It was for John. It and was two it years was. later. It was well, John, you got to go. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> that's right.
1: And when when we heard yesterday, that's right. And when yeah. we heard yesterday that she was, um, you know, that she had passed away, I didn't. I had no idea she was even sick. No, neither you know. did I. Um, I told you, and I told Jimmy too. She was the last one I thought was you know was going to be in danger of that. Mm-hmm. Stevie, and as well, in fact jimmy you and i talked about the stevie and joe walsh they had they had to stay away from each other but they were really in love but they could not stop partying right and they said they were going to die yeah and stevie you know it's been well you know uh, known about her cocaine use and uh, the lack of bone structure in her face and stuff now Mm because so much cocaine and so um that, you, know, you, you didn't think Christine was going to be the one. <laughs> right. I'm not saying there was going to be any of them, but you, you just yeah. didn't think, Christine? Christine, right. are you kidding? And they kept the sickness, whatever it was, they kept it so quiet that you no know, nobody really knew.
0: Apparently it was, it was very brief. Yeah, you know? Shocking.
1: So, um when you think about Fleetwood Mac, you really you have to think about her because first of all, a couple of years ago she took some time off and it it just wasn't Fleetwood Mac without her voice there. No. You know, even with Stevie still there, it was not her. I mean, it was it without without Christine. Over my head, that one right there uh, everywhere, you make love and fun. Say you love me. <laughs> Say you love me. Yeah. Uh, Little Lies, and we could go on with yeah. the ones that she did.
0: Hey, remember that solo album she put out in '84? I do. It got a hold on me. That was a great. That record. was
1: a great record. Yeah. Pl- I played it right here on this yeah. radio station. Yeah, it's a great record. And so uh, she passed away yesterday at the age of 79. So I- I've said this a lo- long time about Fleetwood Mac. One of the most significant. We we talked about Elton John a couple of weeks ago because you know he came off the road, right. Uh, along with elton john fleetwood mag one of the most significant bands
0: of our time yeah our folks time well, rumor is one of the best-selling albums of all time still
1: uh, it still is it still sells like huge numbers every year
0: 45 46 years later
1: yeah so. and uh, when you think about it and i've, I've mentioned this to you guys before uh, i have one granddaughter who's in high school another one who's in college And they would much rather listen to music from that era than their own era. Yeah. Because it's just, this stuff today just stinks.
0: (laughs) It's just bad stuff. It's not well done. Well, it doesn't mean anything.
1: Right. It's not well done. Yeah. But they would, and that's why Elton John could pack in these gigantic stadiums on his farewell tour, and a lot of them being young kids.
0: You know, ask Jimmy, he was there as well. A lot of youngsters at that Elton young John, people the Elton John thing, right? Because yeah. that was, that's they were creating good stuff. It was the same with, with Billy Joel when yes, I saw him a few years exactly. ago. Exactly. A lot of young people. The uh, Elton John movie is what a lot of the young kids. Yeah. came
1: to see they yeah. saw that movie that was what two years ago don yeah. Yeah, something two, like that three years ago but yeah, that's when they learned about him. yeah so christine mcvee passed away yesterday at 79 we're just kind of honoring her with some of her music this morning i'll be playing a little bit of it off and on and uh and thinking a lot about her um let's see here i gotta take a break when we come back I'm going to open up the phones, take your calls. i got something to say because the Lieutenant Governor, Dan Patrick, has set the agenda for the new legislative session, which begins January 10th. He's got some priorities there, and I'm going to tell you what some of those priorities are, but then I'm going to tell you what I think he ought to be doing as well. And we're going to get him on the show. Elaine's going to call him. She's friends with him, so she's going to call him and get him on. And we're going to talk with him about it, too, in the coming days. Meanwhile, I want to tell you about Lifestyles Unlimited. Lifestyles Unlimited is that real estate mentoring group that I've told you about so many times. And I really believe in what they're doing and how they're helping people set their own future, chart their own course, and become so prosperous that you can retire in five years or less from what you're doing now. If you're to that point where you're ready to say, "Ah, I I don't want to keep doing this every day, I want something different. Well, Lifestyles Unlimited has that something different for you. It's investing in real estate, both single-family and multifamily properties. You can start out with a few single-families. You can evolve yourself into multifamily properties, like apartment complexes and things like that. You can do this. They've had people come into Lifestyles Unlimited starting with absolutely nothing, zero, nada, zilch, and they end up owning multiple apartment complexes and doing very, very well. You can do this, too, and they're going to get you the knowledge. Just go to FinancialFreedomLivestream.com. That's FinancialFreedomLivestream.com. That's your first step. There's no obligation. I just want you to go over and check it out. That's your first step to retirement in five years or less. Be sure you use my name when you log on to that website. It's where, Ware, W-A-R-E, Livestream.com. Promo code Ware. Hey, it's Jack. And when I started looking at in- Ware 550 KTSA FM 1071, the Trey Ware page at KTSA.com, so the big fire this morning is at the flying jay and we're going to get a, some more details on that in a couple of seconds another fire happened overnight and this was on the west side over off a of 90 in an apartment and that included it was a deadly fire over there we don't know we have not heard of any injuries out of this fire at the flying jay there are media accounts that are going around that it started inside the denny's and possibly a grease fire inside that denny's and if that's the case. Man, that because the entire structure is engulfed, every last bit of it. Right now it's just containment to make sure it doesn't spread around to some of the other businesses that are there or to those trucks that are lined up in the back. And why they're not moving them, I don't know. I would think you'd want to haul those things out of the way so that those 18-wheelers and those uh, tractor-trailers don't catch on fire as well. Jack, what can you add to all this?
0: Uh, I just came through there about three minutes ago, and the traffic on the expressway is moving both ways, no problem
1: okay good good to hear what about uh, the access road and all that because that's where those 30 units are lined up right there i guess that's a, an issue for people there huh uh yeah there's a lot of smoke and big but yeah. uh, it's not obscuring the vision on the expressway okay very good jack thank you uh 210-599-5555 susan you're on ktsa
0: Good morning. I think I'm going to have to second what Jack said. Um, I'm coming from Seguin. Interstate 10, east and westbound, is open. And it's uh, a little hard to see from the interstate, but you can tell that it's fully engulfed and there's fire trucks everywhere.
1: Okay. Okay. Thank you very much. I appreciate the call, Susan. Have a good day. Thank you. All right. Um, so there's there's the deal. That building, I've, I haven't seen a fire like that in a long time. The entire structure, that includes the Flying J and the uh, Denny's that's associated with it, connected to it, uh, completely just on fire right now. Has been for over an hour, about an hour and a half. Two one zero five nine nine fifty five fifty five. You see it. You want to say something about it? You can call me. Um, it, it, it's a major major fire over there and right now the fire department is just going to let it burn yeah there's no there's no saving it so this is just a containment at this point and they've got a lot of guys on the ground over there that are pouring water on it that's on the east side of san antonio between here and uh, and Seguim. all right let's talk about the upcoming legislative session you know the way we do things in texas every two years so january 10th the next one begins lieutenant governor dan patrick he sets the agenda And he says his number one priority is going to be property tax relief. Hallelujah. (laughs) All I can say is hallelujah. Now, I got a lot to say about property tax, and we'll say it between now and when all the session is going on. My, My primary thing is that's the way they fund the schools. And since you're not getting a decent product out of the schools these days, I say you cut off the funding especially to the schools who are doing this berserk woke crap of transgenderism and all that shut them down shut them down fire everybody shut them down but that's a, that's a discussion for another day let's talk about his uh you know dealing with property tax relief what do you think about how do you think the best way to deal with that is 2105995555 he also put on their mental health facilities boosting border security law enforcement Uh, restoration of the alamo education school security tightening the state's election laws etc those are the types of things that they're going to tackle but numero uno for dan patrick is going to be going after and some property tax relief. he's talking about uh expanding the tax credit that you can get uh, maybe using some of the rainy day fund they've got 27 billion dollars sitting there 27 billion dollars cash money sitting there that they can use and the question is constitutionally how can they use it when can they use it and they're going to try to resolve all those issues All right, don't want to get too weedy on all that but let me tell you what I think I'm a a Tenth Amendment guy I believe in the original structure of the United States of America which is a very loose uh, federal um, republic where we're a collection of states Kind of like independent countries in fact when this country began and our representatives would go to New York and then to Washington DC to represent us they when asked where are you from they wouldn't say I'm from the USA when they were asked by somebody where are you from they would say the state I'm from Texas I'm from Louisiana They wouldn't say the USA because the intent of this country was to be a very small centralized government and an insignificant centralized government. If you read the Federalist Papers and you read the writings of Sam Adams and those people from that era, they will tell you very clearly the power is with the people and so very strong local and state governments and a very weak, insignificant federal government in Washington, D.C., And that has been the struggle of our country since its foundation. We had a civil war over it. We've had other conflicts over it throughout the years. Where those who believe in a strong centralized government in Washington, DC, who just mete out penalties and send out regulation on all of our lives and control our lives from inside of Washington, DC, in the safety and security of their own beltway, they're the ones who determine the future of all of us which is un-American as you can get. And so what I say to Dan Patrick and the others who are going to be going in on January 10th, exercise the Tenth Amendment. And the Tenth Amendment is very clear, and it's there for a reason. It is to say to the federal government, we'll give you the power. (laughs) You don't get any power unless we give it to you, unless the state gives you the power. So when it comes to oil and gas... That's under our feet and under our butt. Joe Biden's not going to tell us what we can do. We'll tell ourselves here in the state of Texas, and we'll drill, and we're going we're going to drill, baby, drill. And we're going to frack, baby, frack, and we're going to sell our own oil right out of Texas with our own pipelines and our own ships down in Corpus Christi and in the, in, the, in, in in Texas City as well, and we'll do that here. And we're not going to pay any attention to what, what we're going to ignore Washington, D.C. when it comes to oil and gas. And to help the people here in Texas deal with their property taxes, what we're going to do is we're going to reduce taxation, number one, in the tax rates. We're going to cut them. And then we're going to rebate some of that profit from the oil and gas. We're going to rebate it back to the, to the uh, property owners. Not just to people in Texas, because there are a lot of people here, number one, who don't belong here because they've come across that border down there that's been wide open. And I'll get to that in a second. But to the property owners here, you get a rebate, just like Alaska does from its oil and gas industry. So let's open it up. First of all, let's say we're a 10th Amendment state, and let's live by it. D.C., you don't matter. You don't matter. We'll handle it here. So we're going to drill. We're going to frack and we're going to sell, and we're going to take that money, and we're going to cut property owners' property taxes here, and we're going to rebate back to property owners the money. That's number one. And number two is we're going to control the border. Yep, I know. That's a federal issue and all that. Well, challenge me on it then. Challenge me on it. Come in 20 miles, 10 miles inside, and line them up. Because we're on Texas land now. Actually, you don't have to go 20 or 10 miles in. You can just go a mile in. But be on Texas land and say, that border's closed. You're not coming in. Washington, D.C., take me to court. I'm on Texas land. This is Texas. And I'm on Texas land. And I'm exercising the 10th Amendment. And the border is closed. Only allowing those to come in who have the permit to come in here, anybody else, you don't make it in here. That's what we ought to do. And that ought to be the position of Dan Patrick, Greg Abbott, and everybody else when they go back into session in January, January 10th. What do you think? First of all, we'll drill and we'll sell. And we'll cut property taxes and we'll rebate that money back to the people of Texas and we're going to shut the southern border. And if D.C. and Joe Biden has trouble with it, well then, you have trouble with the 10th Amendment. Do something with that. All right, 210-599-5555, 210-599-5555, Trey Ware, KTSA. Not long ago, I had a routine route connect. Well on the phones in just a second, 210-599-5555, 599 But first, an update on that Flying J fire. Everybody knew, I mean, if you, and I did a lot when uh, we, our ranch was out uh, south of Seguin, between Seguin and Stockdale, so I hit I-10 every day, twice a day. And uh, back then, and everybody knew if you were going eastbound, it was uh, TA on one side. If you're coming westbound, it was Flying J on the other side. Flying J had a a Denny's there. And the media accounts are now saying it might have started in the Denny's there with a grease fire or something like that. And that's the biggest grease fire I've ever seen. I, I haven't seen a fire like this in forever. The entire building is engulfed right now. It's just a containment situation now. They did shut off the gas and the diesel. If there are any uh, other hazardous materials that might be there, as Ray was telling me just a couple minutes ago, that's just a containment. And that's really all this is now. Uh, There's no saving any of this. Uh, The guys are up and they're shooting multiple streams from above and at the building itself, just trying to hang on to keeping it from spreading to other areas around there and other businesses in that area. Again, it's I-10 at Foster Road. Uh, people have been calling in this morning, though, and saying I-10 is wide open. It's not a problem at all. That's great news. I kind of figure there might be some people that would be stopping to look or, you know, rubbernecking or whatever, but no, everybody's sailing through there pretty safely and, and well, so that's good. that's good to hear. But just keep in mind you're going to see safety equipment coming and going, fire trucks and everything like that and it's a, a bit of a distraction because the entire structure is on fire at this point all right let's go the phones 210-599-5555 and john good morning to you sir good morning i was listening to your scenario about uh, the reform in the 10th amendment and the property tax reform and i agree with 100 percent of what you've been saying and and i've been uh calling the governor for years on all of those subjects and and you tied it together just real good could you recap that again oh absolutely thank you john i appreciate your call um if you weren't listening to the last segment the lieutenant governor dan patrick the next session of the ledge begins january 10th and his priorities include property tax relief something that we desperately need here in the state and it was a promise from governor abbott when he was running so i anticipate that he's going to live up to that promise and that they have 27 billion dollars in cash money on hand that they can uh, well they think they can use to be able to help a lot of us who are property owners. I think one of the biggest helps on the property issue is going to be uh, r- running some of these schools out of business that are not educating children. Uh, we're forced to pay for a pi- oh, man a poor product I almost said it. A poor product. A product is not worth paying for. Many 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 times there are some good things going on in public schools but right now the public schools have been taken over by a radical agenda and i shouldn't have to pay for it you shouldn't either if you don't have anybody in that public school system you ought to have that money in your pocket but that's a that's another issue for another time and we'll bring that up when we get closer to all this debate coming up in january but what they ought to do on a lot of these issues is reclaim the sovereignty of the state of Texas. I'm not talking about secession. That's, that's not going anywhere, and you and I both know that. Even those who believe in it, you know it's not going to get off the ground. At least not right now. But I am talking about the sovereignty of, of, of Texas in terms of our own sustenance and what we can do to provide for ourselves. We don't need D.C. <laughs> Tell me one positive thing. One that Washington DC does for the state of Texas. One. I'm not asking for a handful. I'm not asking for a dozen. I'm asking for one positive thing that DC does for Texas. Anybody? Anybody? It's not here. It doesn't exist. There's nothing that they do for us that we could not do for ourselves. And the Tenth Amendment is very, very clear. This country was developed to be a loose confederation of states, a republic, where the states have the power because that means the people have the power and not centralized in D.C. Very small, insignificant federal government. That was the the plan. And throughout the years, they have flipped that on its head. They've taken more and more power away from you and me and more and more power away from the states. So we exercise the Tenth Amendment. And we say we're going to drill, we're going to frack, and we're going to sell our own. And we're going to cut the property tax rate. Not only freeze it, not only cap it like they've done in the past, but we're going to cut it. And I mean cut it significantly. How about by half? And then we're going to take the profits off of our oil and gas sales, which we're going to sell, and D.C. gets none of it. We're going to do it, and we're going to keep the profits, and we're going to rebate that back to the people of Texas. And the other thing we're going to do is we're going to close the border. We'll do it on Texas land, where we don't have to fight with the uh, with DC about it. We'll do it on Texas land, but we're going to close the border. Only people who are authorized to come in here will be allowed in here. That's what I'd like to see them bring up January 10th in Austin, Texas. Quite sure they probably won't, and that's probably why I'll never be governor. But you never know. <laughs> Warren Ryman coming up next. Trey Ware, KTSA. Get a guaranteed cash offer for your home.